Welcome to the CDRB Show, the podcast where you get to know some of the coolest people around. I'm your host, Christian Rodriguez, and each week I sit down with a special guest to chat about their life, career, and all the things that make them awesome. We cover some serious topics that matter, but don't worry, we keep it real and laid back. You never know what kind of insights and surprises you'll get, but one thing's for sure, we're always having a good time. So kick back, relax, and join us for another episode of the CDRB Show. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the CDRB Show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and as every week, we have a special guest to talk about their life and career. This week's guest is Keira Holling, Director of Counseling Services at the University of the Ozarks. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I have to say before starting that today was the first time I had technical difficulties because I couldn't find your your script for this interview. But uh, I'm a little bit tired, but we'll try to to do as much as possible because I know that you're very busy with your um, responsibilities here at Ozarks. In every podcast, we try to find out a little bit more about the personal life of our guests. So um, this is a question that I ask to all the guests. And the first one is, where were you born? I was born in New Haven, Connecticut, when my dad was attending uh, university at Yale. And how was your life when you were a child? Um, very interesting. My family traveled a lot. We lived in lots of different states in the United States, and we also lived internationally right. and traveled. So I have had some adventures across the globe. What was the reason of uh, moving? Uh, My dad was a, an employee of Citibank International, so he was in oh. uh, banking internationally. So we, even when we lived outside of the United States, he still traveled for work. Okay. And... So. Um, internationally in which countries did you so the primary uh, places where i attended school and we you know laid down roots and had a home mm -hmm. were ecuador and the philippines oh really how was the experience in ecuador uh good yeah positive experience yeah yeah uh what did you study in college so i was a psychology major uh what made you uh, want to study that that's interesting my I, I had several different um, career considerations. Mm -hmm. um, I thought about natural sciences and animal behavior, creative writing, um, communications and media. But my mother at the time worked at a at an, for an organization, and she worked with individuals that were dually diagnosed. Um, And she had a couple of um, interesting incidents when I happened to be with her at work that mm -hmm. really struck my um, attention. And they were within mental health experiences. And so I decided I wanted to know more about that. Okay. Were you a good student, uh, dear? I, I think I could have done better. <laughs> um, but I did take my studies seriously mm. and I did enjoy most of school. Do you remember what was your GPA? 
I don't. You don't? I was never worried about my GPA. You so. never were? Mm-mm. You were never worried? No. I, I'm more worried about it. I'm in a doctoral program now, and I'm more worried about it now. And I never really paid attention to it in high school or college. It just didn't, wasn't important to me. I knew sort of roughly the grade, the letter grade average yeah. and the classes that I was taking, much more concerned with the subject matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to know, uh, because all of us have a life after studies or after work, uh, so I wanted to know how is a normal day when you have spare time? What what do you do, for example, in a weekend? Well, that's very different now than it was even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I am a caregiver to my mom who's disabled, and so I spend quite a bit of time taking care of her. I can't travel very far and do a lot of recreation um, because of that responsibility, even though I appreciate having that responsibility. Um, So I spend time doing um, things connected to taking care of her and doing some restful um, small projects or activities around the area. I'm part of the Kiwanis Club. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have activities, meetings, and things out in the natural setting where we have a camp in the area um i like to swim when i can i love swimming and um sometimes when i can i go to um spiritual uh, you know activities or services yeah things like that that's great um regarding your professional life what jobs have you held before being here at ozarks um So for for 20 years straight, um, prior to working at the University of the Ozarks, I worked at a nonprofit organization in the community called Community Service Incorporated. And um, I worked in different positions while I was there. Um, I was always a counselor, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I was also like a supervisor and a manager in different ways uh, or a program director um, for different projects. But um, we worked with children teenagers and young adults and most of them were involved with um, court issues um, juvenile court okay how much is different to work in an environment with students than in other environments for example like the previous job experience you had i have been uh, found it a very refreshing experience here at ozarks i i find the students are um, very appreciative Mm -hmm. of the services available here in terms of counseling and mental health sometimes when you work in mental health uh, in difficult situations like the ones i mentioned about juvenile court people um, see you not in the same positive light an authority figure who doesn't need to be in their in their lives and I am very privileged and honored to be invited into the lives and experiences of the students here and and they seem to be mutually grateful for the counseling experience Um, there's something that I wanted to talk this day because um, I want to take advantage that I have a special guest as you and uh, being the director of counseling services so we are students and we struggle a lot. Uh, myself, the first, I, I will be honest with uh, the audience here and I have been at your office uh, many times and just the fact of talking to somebody helps a lot uh, most of the times because sometimes maybe there's something that we don't want to share with friends or family for whatever reason 
and it's great to have this service on campus to uh, cope more with these situations in our personal lives. Um, so we struggle, but I wanted to ask you this. How much do we struggle? Do you keep like stats of how many students or people come to your counseling sessions? I do keep some statistical information for the purposes of the universities. Um, they're anonymous. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no identity attached to. Yeah. Um, just kind of looking at trends as far as populations of students that are utilizing the services, if they're a freshman or junior, yeah. um, if, if they have any other identity features that, um, so I do have some, um, but it definitely, I will also say that it's been fluctuating a great deal. It changes significantly depending on the semester, mm -hmm. um, what's going on um, in that time of year. Yeah. Can yeah. you share like, uh, I know it's anonymous, but can you share like maybe an amount of students that go to your office, maybe an average in, in a semester? So there are definitely weeks where I have every hour uh, booked for that week okay. um, scheduled. And so if that's that's sometimes challenging because I want to make sure that people can get scheduled. So that can <coughs> be a, a challenge. Yeah. Um, there are trends on days of the week and times of the day that students most want to book that are most convenient or popular for them to um, so the least least booked times are sometimes first thing in the morning yeah, yeah. Um, would be an example of that mm -hmm. um, or Friday afternoons would be another time that are, is not as commonly requested yeah um, and then there's times when exams are going on or students are adjusting to moving into or out of campus where um, it can get very very quiet and um, there's only um, maybe four or five mm -hmm. uh, or or less students booked that day okay um if you can't you're not forced to answer this question but <laughs> what are the most uh like common topics that students go to your office that they are dealing with so i would say the two um highest the first one would be anxiety mm -hmm. um lots and lots of challenges related to anxiety because so many things can cause anxiety and be contributing to anxiety and the next one would um, be an umbrella um, category, which would be things in relation to um, emerging adulthood and life transitions, mm -hmm. whether that be academic or personal, yeah. uh, family or on campus, off campus. I also have this curiosity, do faculty and staff also go to your office or is it just for students? So the expectation here at Ozarks is that um, I'm exclusively a available for counseling for the students. Mm. Um, faculty and staff certainly have come to me for consultation to find out if I have recommendations of uh, someone that I would refer them to or if, if it's not that they themselves need counseling but they would like some um, consultation on a topic mm -hmm. to help another person. So consultation is available but not to become a counseling client as a staff or faculty member. So you can't like directly deal with? Yeah, the like idea behind that is that they don't want to, uh, probably twofold, um, they don't want to um, make it even more difficult for students to schedule and get availability to compete yeah. with staff and faculty for that. They also want to maintain the most um, privacy for students mm -hmm. um, coming to the clinic and not having um, 
those types of other interactions with staff and faculty, but also that I would not be having what's called a, a dual relationship with my peers here on campus. And a dual relationship is where I am on one hand a person's counselor, but on the other hand, I serve in some other administrative or professional capacity with somebody. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't want me to be your professor grading your assignments and then also your therapist. Yeah. Something like that. It's more like of an ethical issue. It is, yes. Exactly. Um, There is always a stigma with mental health and sometimes it's very difficult to talk about these topics even with common disorders such as anxiety. As you mentioned, it's one of the most common here on campus. Why do you think this happens with the mental health? Well, that's I'm glad that you mentioned that. I was just um, um, gratefully um, participating in a program at the library last night, and this mm-hmm. very same topic came up. I think it's a couple of different reasons. I think one of the reasons is that we don't want to be judged, and we don't want to um, appear to not be capable or... Um, proficient in our lives and I think there's a a lingering concept that if we are experiencing something um, in our thoughts and and emotions and behaviors that something is quote-unquote going wrong Mm -hmm. um, that we're some somehow not doing enough right in our lives which is of course not necessarily the case of course Um, and then the second thing I think is that many um, segments of our culture Um, still um, have encouraged a stigma to be applied to that, whether that's um, a place, a community, a family, a spiritual um, aspect to that, but there are definitely some um, areas of our cultures and communities that are either afraid or in opposition to the idea of mental health being something that's valid. And so if we are part of those communities, we are battling that issue at the same time that we're battling depression or anxiety, which can be really tough. Yeah, and also, well, in my personal perspective on this, with the case of anxiety, for example, I suffered a lot of anxiety, specifically in um, a couple years ago. It was a very bad experience for me, but it was really hard for me to explain to friends or family what I was going through because most of the situations are in our minds and sometimes they transfer to physical sensations but it's really hard to explain to someone that is not experiencing or has not experienced that to make them understand the situation that we're going through so a lot of times I had friends or even family that really didn't understand why I was like reacting like that or they were maybe saying things like oh come on you're not you're not really sick you're you don't have anything uh just relax something like that so that's another thing that i think happens a lot and is you don't know how to explain some things that are not you can't like touch because anxiety you can't touch anxiety you can you can't see anxiety in others sometimes but they may be experiencing that. So I think that's another part, don't you think? I I agree. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I think 
um, sometimes that when we communicate to others and we see their response, it also creates a response back in us. Yeah. Um, I think also um, we all kind of have a desire for things to be okay, mm-hmm. to be quote unquote normal, to go to homeostasis. And so when we see um, somebody struggling or in pain or having difficulty, we hope that things will get better and we don't always know how to make that happen. So sometimes we uh, rush to placate the situation and say, oh, it's going to be fine mm-hmm. um, because pain is scary yeah. and discomfort is uncomfortable for all of us. And we don't want uh, ourselves or anyone we care about to go and be going through that. So w- I think one of the things that's special about being a counselor is um, the unique situation to um, walk alongside someone mm-hmm. and not rush that journey uh, of self-awareness and wellness yeah. recovery. Yeah. What can we do to make people more willing to talk about their like mental health? Um, I think that's a good question. It's, it's important, I think, for all of us to... Um, do what you did today, which is to get accurate facts and information out and not spread the wrong information. Um, And to also share our personal stories and experiences um, so that something is more relatable. Um, And there are some things that we simply are not going to experience or understand, but at least maybe we can respect when we've heard a personal version of that from someone that we find credible um so just (coughs) not trying to hide it cover it up um brush it off simplify it or exaggerate it um but to get more informed and keep conversations going about it um i think that um in the media a lot of individuals in the last few years have done a lot of work for that like we've had um, well-known athletes um, come forward about their yeah. own mental health struggles and journeys um, to say um, as much as they can about that to reduce the idea of stigma and tab- that it's taboo um, or that it's um, a sign of weakness or something. Yeah, you know, there's a, a lot of stigma also in medications a lot of times because people think that if you take medications is like you're gonna get addicted or something like that or maybe you're not taking it because you need them so I had this experience also when I was struggling a lot with anxiety a couple years ago and uh, I went to the doctor a lot of times and they were trying to put me on medications but I really never wanted to take the medications not because I thought they were not they were not good for me but I don't know part of me was like kind of scared because it's like you know these medications uh, change the way your hormones or um, your brain works a lot of times and uh, talking with my brother he always told me you don't need to take that you can try to solve it by yourself with like techniques, relaxation, things like that. So I never took medications for my anxiety issues a couple of years ago. And 
luckily I, I got out of that like really bad stage of anxiety but I, I would like to know your opinion on medications for treating like mental disorders so I have a couple of definite you know thoughts about that I um, appreciate that topic um, for one I am not um, in a position to prescribe anything or recommend anything medication wise um, but just support an individual's journey to mm -hmm. make those decisions. Um, I think there's two important sides to that, which are difficult to find balance within. Um, I definitely feel that uh, medications have advanced. They're advancing all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, medications from my childhood are not the medications from t for today. Um, people are um, able to have really good conversations with physicians. They're able to find people who have an expertise in the medication that they're looking at or considering. Um, and the more expertise and knowledge and um, experience, the better. So that you can be advised well about mm -hmm. that. Um, the other thing is it's a very personal journey. You know, a medication can act very differently um, from one body and one person to the next. Yeah. So um, slow and steady and open communication about that process. Um, and it, like you said, you talked to a, someone who, um, had a strong feeling, a strong reaction about that. Sometimes we get advice from individuals who have, um, their recommendations based on things that are not solid, mm -hmm. uh, factual scientific information, but more fear or, um, anecdotal examples. Yeah. So have really good sources for your information and take it one step at a time. And it, it is a personal journey. There's not a right or wrong about medication. Um, the other side of that is that, you know, as we know, our society also struggles with addiction and, and difficulty with um, some folks who have been over-medicated and are wrongly diagnosed or have, you know, a bad reaction to a medication. So yeah. it's not wrong to be cautious and thoughtful um, about it. Um, but again, I think the same thing is just be informed, mm -hmm. keep communicating. Um, and sometimes it does take a lot of courage to, to try something, um, and to have those conversations with people, uh, in our lives who, mm -hmm. um, may not find it makes a lot of sense in their life. Yeah. Um, and you're probably going to find that there's a lot more people than you even know um, who are taking um, medication, medication to help them in some way or another. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am curious about that. Who is the person in charge or, or, or with the responsibility to give medications to a person? Because the person that recommended recommend me to take medication, I think it was a Uh, nurse practitioner so can they do it yes they can yes a nurse practitioner absolutely can at least within this um in this area, geographical area okay. i don't know worldwide exactly what all the differences mm -hmm. might be but yes a nurse practitioner definitely can do that they um have their own uh, pr procedures in terms of supervision and yeah. licensure um uh, a physician can um, and a psychiatrist can yeah What are some resources on campus for people dealing with um, anxiety disorders or uh, depression? 
Um, well, so within the Ozarks um, campus community, I uh, am working within the counseling office and the counseling services, um, and certainly they can come to, to us in the Jones mm-hmm. Learning Center um, for that. Um, not everybody um, wants to use counseling services, though. Sometimes people um, have different types of um, caregiving and different types of support. So mm-hmm. um, it's really important that we have a holistic view of that. I'm not saying that the people I'm about to mention are um, exclusively necessarily the only person you know to reach out to, but yeah. sometimes we reach out to people that are um, ministers or professors or peers or coaches um, because they can definitely play a really positive role in helping us um, to know our symptoms, know ourselves, and work um, really well um, with our daily responsibilities. So mm-hmm. I think we kind of all have a say in helping each other through those things. Yeah, that's true. Um, is there any relaxation technique that you have found as maybe your favorite or really effective that you will like to share with, with us today? Sure. Um, I think one of the most important things if a person is experiencing anxiety would be to uh, definitely one of the first things is to monitor your breathing um, and to make sure that that is a real steady um, steady rate of respiration. Uh, sometimes we get anxious, we're breathing uh, at a very fast pace or shallow. Um, so to, to get that breath uh, regulated is really helpful to the body. It affects so many of our organs and our, so many aspects of our functioning. So breath, breathing, um, there's different ways to, to do that. And um, people can come talk more with me if they like some more information mm-hmm. about that or, or look into that uh, with some good sources. The other thing is mindfulness. Um, there's so many different ways that person can do mindfulness. Um, people sometimes do yoga or meditation or prayer. Those are all very helpful things. Yeah. Um, journaling helps, but mindfulness is essentially um, calming down um, the sensory system mm-hmm. and to really take note of what's happening in our body and around us. So um, one of the simplest ways to do that is to just um, count five, four, three, two, one, and to do five things you can see, four things you can hear, mm. three things you can smell, and so on, and do all your senses. Yeah. Um, and then mix it up and change it up, five, four, three, two, one, and just kind of watch your breathing and do that. My other final last favorite one is um, head to toe muscle, progressive muscle relaxation. You can do this sitting in your chair or laying down um, and you're just going to start at the at your feet or you can start at your head and you can um, tense and relax mm-hmm. each muscle group progressively down or up your body and um, And you can hold the tension and relaxation for a certain count, like three or four or five Mm -hmm. um, seconds and continue on and then continue to work on the breath and the mindfulness. If you're doing um, a combination of those three things, it should help a lot. All right. Um, uh, Now I want to do this. That is like a small dynamic I I do for every guest um, to know a little bit more about um, the person here. Uh, So the first question is, favorite color purple purple 
what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, get my get my bearings and um, pet my dog. Those would be yeah. Uh, religion. I Christianity, um, but I grew up Episcopalian, and I'm currently uh, a member of the Presbyterian Church. What is your favorite time of the year? Fall. Fall. Why? Um, I like the natural change of seasons. I like the temperature and the weather. Um, I like... I don't like the heat, mm -hmm. so I like that it's getting cooler, and um, there's a lot of neat things that are usually happening in life at that time. Yeah. Uh, what makes you angry? Um, cruelty and disrespect. How will you describe your personality? Mm hmm. That's a tough one, Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I persevere and I am open to new things and I can be very serious but I can also be very playful <laughs> um, what will you buy if you received a gift of a million dollars oh goodness <laughs> I've often wished for the lottery ticket to head my <laughs> way, right? Yeah. Um, I've thought a lot about um, giving back to my alma mater um, and um, contributing to some special causes in my life that are important to me mm -hmm. um, and taking care of family, living Yeah. With health and comfort and resources. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, are you a morning person or an afternoon person? Not a morning person. <laughs> yeah. You work better in the afternoon or I at even at night? Even evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, favorite music genre? Mm. Um, I'm an 80s girl. <laughs> What type of music? 80s music and probably not country um, <laughs> um, I like classical but I also like um, pop and rock and roll well, yeah. what will you say is your favorite artist for a significant portion of my life I would say it was you too hmm. um, a job you dream to have when you were a child an astronaut astronaut why I just thought it was amazing. I wanted to be on a space shuttle. Yeah. Uh, TV shows or movies? Movies. Movies. What was the last movie you watched? Um, that's kind of tough because some, you said TV shows or movies, but some um, things are like a series and they're more like a movie. Yeah. I like Masterpiece Theater on PBS, so... Your what is your favorite movie you have watched ever? Um, the Mission. The Mission. Where? What is? What is it about? Um, it's about a. It's really hard to explain, but it's <laughs> a. It's about 
the challenges of people who try to do the right thing but for the wrong reasons and can really be destructive to humanity mm-hmm. um, it can also it's also about courage um, it's about the beauty of people and cultures as they are without us needing to mess them up and change them mm-hmm. because we think we know better because we don't it's um, yeah it's complicated that technically it's about the um, Catholic Church mm-hmm. um, traveling um, to an indigenous population and trying to um, bring them into the Catholic faith Okay. and really difficult battles and experiences for all involved Okay, so you told me you have a dog, um, but maybe you also like cats. So I, I'm asking this: uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Okay. Uh, how, I do like how cats. Old, but how old is your your dog? He is getting close to 15 years old. Oh wow! Yeah, he's very <laughs> old. Yeah, he's yeah. been with me a really long time. Oh, that's great. And the last, um, I always give the opportunity to the guests to ask me any question. So if you have any question that <laughs> you wanted to ask me. Um. What did you ex? Because you were very open, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask you this if you hadn't been. Open. Mm-hmm. What did you initially expect from counseling, and did anything change once you saw what it actually is? Well, you know, um, the first time I been to counseling was when I came here to Ozarks. Before that, I never went to like a counseling station or, or whatever. So my my expectative uh, during the first time I came to the counseling services was like the typical movie set or TV show set of how a counseling session is. And it was weird when I just started to talk like we are right now basically but about things that were happening in my life so um and i really didn't didn't have like a lot of expectations in terms of well it it will help me i i was not i was not like sure that it will help me and i think that's normal for every person because you are going to that place with a lot of struggles and issues in your life probably so you don't have like a lot of a lot of hope at the beginning and i also think it's the it's uh, it depends on the person because um for one person it can work but for others you still need to like find more options or do more um techniques or or whatever to to keep improving but I think that the first time I went to counseling with you it was a really great experience for me because um, I was struggling a lot with with anxiety and those days when I had the counseling sessions after I finished them I felt like a relief of uh, all the situations that I was going through and the even the physical sensations of anxiety went off after the counseling session so i think it's a really great uh um service uh that students can use and uh 
I I have been taking advantage of it since uh, since I came basically, and I think it's very important for for people and especially for students to be more open and be more responsible of their own mental health because if you're not uh, mentally healthy, you will not be physically healthy as well because they are hand to hand, you know? Yeah, and I think it's important to see, I mean, each counselor can be very different from their approach to their mm -hmm. uh, techniques and theory, but I, I think it's a lot about wellness. It, like you said, it's about mentoring. Um, it's not about um, quite what we see sometimes in the movies and um, it's it's about establishing trust in a relationship with someone that we can be really ourselves with and open up with so um, it's important I don't take that lightly yeah and uh, it's something that we can all work on every day to to be available to be sincere um, to really listen um, and to be open to other people's ideas and experiences so thank you so much for letting me come and sit with you yeah thank privilege. you very much i appreciate your your contribution here to the podcast i'm really glad that we had the uh, chance to talk about these topics that are really important and i had all these questions because i feel it's important that we make it more normal to to speak about this um these uh topics and especially mental health which is a topic that is usually left to the side for a lot of people because they it's the same uh, as i told you before that the mind is not something that we can touch or uh see we we can we can just introspect ourselves to to be aware of it so I think it's a, a really important topic and I'm glad that uh, you were here today. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who listened to the CDRB show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and you can follow us on Instagram at CDRB Productions. I'll see you next week. Thank you.